Yeah, you are selfish, you jerk. You <laughs> <laughs> hey, yo, how dare you? How That's dare crazy. you okay. ever work another job? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad that was recorded. I'm yeah. Yeah. Go up front. <laughs> All right. <laughs> let's do it. You're listening to The John Chi Show, hosted by three Korean-American adoptees diving headfirst into what it means to be adopted, Korean, American, and more. And now, here's your hosts, Nathan, Patrick, and KJ. Welcome back to The John Chi Show. I am one of your hosts, Patrick Armstrong, here with my fellow co-hosts, Nathan and KJ. How are you fellas doing today? Great. Doing okay. Feeling like a day out at the ballpark, you know what I'm saying? I mean, I feel like I'm doing great when I'm at the ballpark. Doing okay. I don't know. Are you? Are you? Are, is your team losing right yeah. now? I, I had nothing baseball. Okay. It was really frustrating living in Springfield because they were like, yeah, the St. Louis Cardinals or the Kansas City Royals. And I was like, how about them Cowboys? Kind of. <laughs> so, how about them Cowboys? You know, Kind of. Kind mm-hmm. of. Just a little bit. I, I, the older I get, the less I care about the Cowboys and the more I care about Liverpool. So I like it. Okay. Um, just where I'm at. That's I it. get it. I get it. We're all at, we're all, we're all wherever we are. Right? I, I guess you could Best say I was it. adopted into Cowboy. Sure. <laughs> okay. I'm more of a soccer fan than a football fan anyway. So soccer. Yeah. All right. Well, we are the John Chi Show, um, a podcast about three Korean American adoptees exploring and celebrating their heritages and shared identities as Korean American adoptees. And today we are going to be talking about something that's been on my mind recently. As many people know who've been following the show, I tend to put myself out there when and do and pick up a lot of different activities within the community. On top of that, I also work a nine to five job. Um, and recently, this past week, we've been going through some pretty big changes at my work, which is requiring me to take on more responsibilities. I'm getting paid more. So that's very nice. And I have the opportunity to make more money. Uh, <laughs> so that's, at least that's really that. great. Um, <laughs> and I, I like the company. Um, I like what, what I do and everything I do with the company. But I think I've just been it's what's been really weighing on me has been trying to find the appropriate balance for all of the stuff I've been doing within the community and like what's going on, like this job that pays my bills and and supports my livelihood and my wife's livelihood. Well, she works her own job and makes more money than me. So I don't know what I'm talking about. I'm not speaking for her. Um, But I think what I think why it's been weighing on me so heavily is that. While I really love this this company, um, it's not the industry that I want to be working in. And I think I, I don't know. I think I've just been feeling the weight of like what it means to be fully invested in work like this, uh, even for the show. You know, it's just it's like important stuff. And um, while a lot of the almost all of the work that I do outside of my actual job is unpaid, I don't do it to be paid for it. Uh, you know, I do it because it's important, not only in my personal life, but I do feel like it's important work within the community itself. Um, and I just as much as I want to move towards like, finding a way into an industry that I can do this every day. You know, I also understand the reality that I maybe don't have the required prerequisites to start to move in that way. 
Um, so yeah, I guess that's just what's been bothering me lately is just like trying to find a way to balance where it's a, where it feels like I am doing enough and, um, the work that I'm doing is still like, I'm still able to fully invest myself in that work while also being able to step away in a way, I guess, and work on other stuff outside of this because I have to support myself and my family as we grow. So I don't know. Uh, I feel like we talked about this at the top of the year a little bit. But I just wanted to revisit today because it's really fresh in my mind, like literally after this, like that's what I'm going to do is go work on my other stuff and do that. So I don't know. That's why I just wanted to kind of talk about it at the top of the show, maybe uh, see what you guys are doing with that. I know I'm a little bit more involved than both of you uh, in the respective like adoptee like involvement. I don't know how I'm trying to describe this, but um yeah, I don't know. Has that has it changed for you at all since we started this year? Uh, have you found yourself more involved, doing more? I know Nathan's been doing con-related things and uh, finding a balance in that, or if you feel like that's something that's been weighing on you as well. Yeah. No, I'm, I hear I hear what you're saying. <laughs> Sorry, I don't know. My thought, my brain I mean, I is thought it really... Was going- I thought Nathan was going to jump in there because because <laughs> I directly addressed and him, then, <laughs> but I and then it was didn't. open. It was. <laughs> I left it open to see if you were going to say something, but no. Yeah, I I hear you. You're you're essentially talking about the the work life balance, uh, in addition to the balance of um, paying the bills and more of say a passion uh, projects, passion things that you you know really are doing that you enjoy doing that you want to do. Whereas the work that you get paid for is kind of more just there to pay the bills, even if you like it or not. Um, I think that's something that I, I struggled with when back way back in 2006, um, when I'd been working for, you know, the DVD industry and I really, you know, I, I enjoyed it. I enjoyed the people I worked for and I liked it, but there was a lot of stresses about it that I, I didn't like. I wanted to do something that I was more passionate about. And so for me, I got into photography at that time and kind of made the leap. But I know some people who, you know, I know this isn't adoption related, but I guess it's the business personal life balance thing that they would work in their um, nine to five job to build up a nest egg until they had their foot far enough in the door of whatever passion project that they wanted so that they could essentially scoot in and find a way of making money at it. And it was just a kind of that balance, like you're saying, is trying to find that balance of doing both one that you're not getting paid for, but that, that uh, has more meaning to you. Whereas the other one is, is the one that pays the bills, even though you may be eventually looking to, to move out of it. So, I mean, I guess it feels like I've positioned myself in, but just personally, I guess it's probably just from my own perspective um, in that, like I say, maybe yes to a lot of things. And also, but also, you know, I like want to throw 100% of myself into whatever it is, especially like community works wise. Um, and I think when I think about like taking on these additional responsibilities at the nine to five, worried that that is going to detract. And so how do I like like feeling out the best way to say like, I don't have the capacity maybe. And I don't know like the best ways to do that. Cause that's really against my nature, I guess, because I like, not that I'm a yes man, but I like to say yes to a lot of things. So I'm a yes. <laughs> that kind of sounds like a yes man. <laughs> yeah. Um, but, and I guess I just worry that I worry that I like, I don't know. I, I worry about stepping too far out of the community work. You know, I definitely get the saving up to get into that. 
but I feel like I feel like it like it doesn't stop. Like the cycle doesn't stop. And I guess in in ways good and bad, it's like that means it'll always be there. But also, you can get left behind very easily, and or feeling left out. And I realize again, like that's probably my own personal spin on it. But that's like a big fear that I have right now. It's like okay, I think I'm finding I'm finding myself starting to fork in this road a little bit more deliberately than I have in the past. And it's, I don't know, it just kind of worries me a little bit. So, yeah, I get that. Are, are you either of y'all familiar with the, the metaphor of like rocks in a jar in terms of like priorities and values and, and your time? Mm-hmm. I don't no. think so. Uh, this came out back when I was working at uh, the church um, and we were talking essentially about balance and, really for that one, it was just about like job responsibilities. Cause like if you work for a church, chances are whatever your title is, has a bunch of slashes attached to it, you know? So like I was like the worship leader slash creative director slash web developer slash audio engineer slash uh, (laughs) youth worship leader slash stage designer slash photographer slash, you know, like it's a lot, you know? And that's really common for a lot of people in churches. And so it was just a matter of like, but your main title is whatever, like that we want you to do the thing that we hired you to do first and foremost. And while all those other things are great and they do help the organization move forward, they have to be smaller, right? And so when we think about capacity, like I understand the desire to throw yourself into something at 100%. And that's also literally impossible. Like you can't have 200% of yourself, you know? So capacity is a zero sum game, which was a a term that I never really understood. I think until this idea of rocks in a jar. So when you think about your values and the things that you want to do, um, you can imagine them as rocks or pebbles, you know? And so you can only fit whatever amount of volume to hundred percent rocks in the jar, you know? And so start with the big rocks and identify you know, like my biggest rock is my family and my second biggest rock is community work. And then my third biggest rock is the John Chi show and my fourth biggest, you know, and moving on down the line that way. So when you're able to identify what the rock is and the size that it is, and you put that in the jar first, then you can sprinkle in as many small pebbles as you want. But, you know, like I think that that kind of metaphor Um, helps you stay grounded because if you start with all the little things or start with all of the things that you said yes to, then by the time it gets to the big things, you can't fit them into your jar anymore. You know what I mean? So you can be filled up X amount, you know, with these little rocks. And then if you can't fit in your main values, then you'll realize that you're out of balance. So that's kind of the idea behind the metaphor. And I think it does require a lot of self-awareness and introspection to understand, especially like where you are, Patrick, and similarly kind of where I am is like, okay, so we have these life changes coming up or we feel a career change or um, a vocational change, however, you know, and it's okay for those rocks to change in size. Like it's not a perfect metaphor because I mean, you know, rocks can't necessarily grow. (laughs) They can only get smaller, but my three little rocks are growing. Yeah. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) But I think that they're trying to break the jar too. Yeah. The process is, yeah. How do you fill your jar appropriately so that it doesn't break, but you are filling it up, you know, and, and maintaining those things in a way. Um, And I think that it is, it does require just some, 
conversations with family and people that you trust to be like, okay, is this actually the right way to go? You know, and if that is, if this is the way that I want to go, then how do I make this viable given all the other things that we have to consider? You know what I mean? To your other point though, about separating yourself, I think actually the process of learning to do community work with a generational mindset is really important. And maybe that's the most important lesson that you can learn because, you know, we all die at some point. And even though we like to think we'd make it to, you know, 70, 80, 90, oh, yeah, 100 yeah, sure. years old, however, <laughs> however, however long. No, thanks. We never know when we're going to die. You know, like at any moment we can be hit by a bus is <laughs> like a really morbid or way of saying asteroid. those things. Sure. Whatever, whatever it know. is. Um, and so preparing for that reality, like if your work is important enough that you want it to extend beyond yourself, then you have to figure out how to make it last and like figure out those kinds of complexities. You know, uh, that's why it, at least in like software development, people document everything because you're like, at some point, this code will move to somebody else's hands and they have to be able to understand what goes on and it will shift and that's okay. But are the core tenants in place and are the core systems in place so that people understand what I was doing and why I was doing it so that they can improve or change or whatever, you know, that exists in academia too. That's why people write so many dang papers, you know, is because like, it's okay for you to be like, Hey, I tried this thing and it didn't work. So now everybody else don't waste your time trying this, trying this thing that didn't work, try something else. You know, it's like, how do we have that collective knowledge and how do we tether ourselves to other people doing the work so that we can have enough balance and endurance to do this for the long run. Yeah. And I think what's, I think one of the other reasons I've been thinking about this and why I'm feeling a little bit emotional right now is just like this ongoing violence towards Asian bodies and thinking about how, especially like the work I do as a nine to five to sustain has nothing to do with that and does nothing to combat against that, I guess. And you know, I think it is, yeah, I think it is like legacy, thinking about legacy and like what you leave behind to help. And I think that's another thing. I don't know, I don't know why I'm so emotional right now. Let me go ahead and wipe these tears away with this handy dandy towel I have right next to me. <laughs> uh, for the listeners at home, it is not a handkerchief. It is a proper it is towel. A literal it, it, uh, he's, he's, he's wiping his face with a cleaning towel. Oh, man. Yeah. <laughs> Hope there's no solution in that. I don't know if I've used this to wipe off my computer screen. <laughs> the wind burns the eyes. Yeah, no, well, now I can't see. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I think that's just the other like side of this coin that is currently flipping and I don't know where it's going to land and uh, just trying to navigate that. Do you also feel the pressure because of things uh, in, for example, the ACA and other types of things that are kind of passing like immediately or in the works of passing like there there's time constraints on those things? Is uh, that yeah, I definitely think that those things come into play because like certain things that I've done over the last even six months have, I feel like have given me the opportunity to pursue other things. But again, like I think my biggest fear, and I wrote about this recently, like this imposter syndrome you deal with is like, I feel so, I was so privileged that I never took advantage of like the opportunities and the privilege that was provided to me, like graduating from college or whatever. And I realized that's not a, a like an actual barometer or measure of success or anything like that of being worthy of worth 
but I do feel like, you know, these things that I want to pursue in these other in these other fields that I feel like will directly affect that require certain things of me that I don't have. And I don't necessarily mean that I couldn't go back and chase those things. People do all the time. That's the other thing. That's I keep saying that's the other thing. And I add like 10 more things. So <laughs> these are the con- the compounding things with this is just feeling a fear, I guess, lately. And I just want to talk about it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You p- so one thing that I also felt uh, kind of what your point was right there was um, wishing I had started certain things earlier. I have, I've always kind of combated that is knowing that I did I waste my career doing this instead of doing something that I eventually like photography that I eventually got into. Although now I've done photography for 13 years, but you know, I wasted maybe six years prior to that or something doing something else. But in the end, as we know, I mean, both of you, you know, not to be ageist are still a lot <laughs> younger than I am and it. still have a lot of stuff that you've done far more than I have at that age. I mean, I just, I think, the work that uh, both of you have done in, in, you know, adoption and the John Chi show and things like that versus, you know, me doing it now, granted, there's no age limit on doing these things, but you guys still have a lot of time to get into things. So uh, hopefully Patrick, you don't feel that you're, you're missing out. Cause I'm sure there's going to be a lot still coming down the line. So, well, I think I also feel a little selfish, I guess, especially when I get like emotional about it, because it feels like I, cause I know that I am not important enough or needed enough. Like if I'm not doing the work, like it won't go anywhere. You know, it's going to continue. People are going to pick up that torch, take up the mantle and do amazing things. And I guess maybe that's part of the fear is like, that's the FOMO side of it is missing out. But I think for me, it's just like, I was having this conversation with Emily the other day that, you know, I never, oh God, I'm going to cry. <laughs> I've never had like a thing that she's had with teaching. I've never had that like you have with photography. Oh my God, what's wrong with me? I hate my life. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to my emotions. with the John Chi Show. Patrick, you, I'm sure you have done enough. I'm in a podcast of <laughs> emotions. <laughs> I'm in a podcast of emotions. <laughs> but I say that because I've like, this work is that, has been that. Like it's, I've like, I found it. <laughs> and to be like pulled between the realities between universes like that has been really difficult. I think the last couple of weeks and um, yeah, I don't know. That's, that's sad. I'm going to go off KJ's metaphor of rocks. I, I feel like you have rocks that you can throw into a pond and make waves and ripples and stuff. And I think maybe you only have enough small rocks right now to make some waves and start some, uh, some change. Then eventually when you have more time, you'll throw bigger rocks. Well, that's why it feels like that's why I say like it feels selfish because it's like, I don't know. It just feels like I don't like I'm worried about the wrong things, maybe. I don't know. That's why I want to talk about what, it are, the, I don't know. what are the wrong things that you're worried about? I, I don't know. I feel like the wrong things are like, I feel like it's I want to be involved, but like it's almost like it's for me and not for the community. And that's why it feels wrong, you know, but it is for the community. It's not just for me, but that's what it feels like, I guess. It's probably both. I mean, I think it is both. Because <laughs> yeah, it's definitely I, you both. Know, as much as I love doing photography and taking these, you know, images of of weddings or commercial work or something like that, I also do it because I like being artistic and I feel sure. proud of myself after I take a photo that I appreciate. So in a way, that part of it's selfish, but the general meaning behind it and why I was hired and everything, that's for them. So I guess yeah. it has to be a little bit of both. I get that. Yeah. I mean, I think what you're feeling and <laughs> Maybe part of why 
you are getting so emotional is i mean at least what i'm hearing from you is like you're recognizing a part of yourself that is like i don't know it's new territory and it's it's also deeply embedded in who you are and i think learning that about yourself is a lot to process because it does kind of naturally call into question at whatever age you find this you're like well what was all that other time about <laughs> right and i think yeah. that there's there's like a, a level of grief that comes with that, even just in discovering this new thing that you're really excited about, right? When it when it does kind of feel like a fork in your identity, you're like, but what about all this other thing, you know? Yeah. I think about how maybe what you're going through is similar to what a lot of Americans and especially like millennials and younger are going through, where it's like, do we really need to go through jump through all the hoops that we thought that we needed to, to in order to have a happy, successful life. Is it so ridiculous to think that we could do something that we love and get paid for it and also live in yeah. that? You know what I yeah. mean? And so it does like, it calls into question these huge systems and processes that we've been living with. Like, yeah, I go to school and get into a good college and then get a college degree and get a a job in my field. And then I, you know, get married and, and buy a house and all those things. Like Sarah and I, we've done all those things exactly like it's laid out to us. And we are struggling to buy a house, like because of just like the time that we're in, you know, and it's just, it's, it's unfortunate and hard. And we're like, well, how, like we have so much privilege and we had so many things laid out for us and the road was paved smooth, like brand new highway and still like finding things to come up against, you know? And I just wonder, for me, like having gone through a career change and still kind of finding myself in the midst of it, it's like, how how flexible can we be? And I think as we get older, it's harder to remain flexible. And, um, and that's, so that's part of, you know, what we, what we feel and like forking, you know, it's not just bending, it's truly like a splitting of some kind. So, yeah, yeah I mean, I think, I think that's hard, uh, but I also don't think it's, selfish to pursue something that you love in a way that also is sustaining for your family, you know, and, yeah. and does provide a way. I think the timelines and like some of how you might go about it can be selfish, but like that dream of doing something that you love that is for the greater good and sustainable for your family and like your personal life is not uh, unattainable and is not selfish. And then that's what I was going to say too, is it's not selfish because again, what you're trying to do is for the community and it does help the community. You're not talking about like making NFTs and making tons of money or something like that. You're talking about Korean adoption. Also, advocacy. not that that's inherently wrong. <laughs> well, I don't know, but you're the specific, you know, goal that you want to focus on is, is, you know, a noble one. I think it's a, it's, you know, honestly, for all that you've done and have already done, I think uh, is has been really big. And I think you're not giving yourself enough credit. Um, it's definitely not selfish. Well, I appreciate that. I definitely did not bring this up to extract compliments or praise or anything like that. I appreciate you saying that. Um, I think, I don't know, I've just been really struggling, I think, with this over these past few weeks. And really haven't talked about it and i feel like i just needed to i appreciate that's why i love the show doing the show and because i appreciate knowing i can come here and have these conversations with you both and feel 
better about processing it and feel feel like I'm okay and where I'm at. Because I say, I feel like we are saying that every time to other people. Yeah. And I feel like I'm saying that all the time to people in comments or in DMs or wherever they, wherever it might be. And I think I have trouble telling myself that. So maybe I was fishing for compliments. <laughs> uh, no, I think, I think realistically, I, I mean, uh, I would argue that, uh, especially between the two of us and Nathan, feel free to lump yourself in, but um, for... And I don't, I think this is probably partially like due to our adoption, but like, it's really hard to love myself. Um, and it's yeah. really hard mm-hmm. to be complimentary of myself in a way that doesn't feel gross. Yeah, <laughs> um, and, and like stay, like pause for a minute and recognize what we've done thus far. You know what I mean? And I think yeah. that there is, it, it calls into question, like for us and so many of the listeners of the show who came out of the fog at relatively the same time um, and were our eyes were open to this whole community of adoptees. And like there's social justice in that, along with the greater Asian American lives, along with the greater just non-white lives or non-cishet lives. Like there's so much social justice and so many things to act and move for and i think we all at some level because we don't generally come out of the fog when we're like five um (laughs) really i think we all are like well now what do i do with my life now what how am i supposed to be involved how can i contribute to this community and not just feel like a leech a leech right yeah yeah (laughs) sucking (laughs) Mm -hmm. sucking life force out of this community you know in a negative kind of way and i think like I mean, that's why I do the show because this is right now, this is all the energy that I can contribute, you know, and I uh, will build websites for free for nonprofits because like part one, especially for the adoptee side of Asian America or just greater, you know, uh, non-white America, like on the adoption side of things, like part one is just awareness and what better way to raise awareness than have it all collected in a website, you know, like that's all I can offer right now because like of just where my life is. And I hope that when I have more capacity, I'll be able to give more, but I have to be okay with what I'm offering, knowing given all my other all the other rocks in my jar, this is like, it just has to be a smaller thing right now. And at some point it'll grow bigger and I can't wait for that to happen. But like I, other things have to take precedence and have to take priority until those things get bigger, you know? And so like, if I'm only marginally connected to the greater community, then I'm going to be okay with that, you know, until I can really feel like I can get in there and, and push, um, you know, and be one of the leaders of the push. Uh, But until then, you know, even if it's just like, chipping in five bucks here and there, um, chipping in 10 bucks to an organization or a cause or whatever. Like if that's all I can spare right now, then great. Because I don't have like a ton of money. Maybe if I was doing the NFT thing, I would have (laughs) thousands of dollars that I could give away. You know what I mean? Like, or negative a thousand. Yeah. Or negative a thousand. Yeah, exactly. I mean, (laughs) um, like I was always like Sarah and I like to dream about like what happens, like what will we do with the money if we won like the mega millions, you know, and, and those kinds of things. And a lot of it comes down to like, I would just continue to live my life and like pay off my debts and get the things that I like, just accelerate those things, but then have like a lot of money to give away, which I think would be really right. wonderful. Mm-hmm. But until that time, I have to be okay <laughs> with giving away $5 or $10, you know, yeah. and that's, you know, less than I used to be able to give, but that's just where life is. And I have to be okay with, with where we are right now, you know? Yeah. And life, life changes. So, you know, priorities change 
uh, things that may be coming on your plate will change. So as long as you're flexible about, you know, switching your priorities and, and figuring out what is the most important thing that you want to focus on at the moment and trying to have that ability to say, no, I don't think I have capacity for these other little things here. Uh, that is the, the struggle, the challenge, and, you know, in a way, a talent that, that we all have to practice that, I think, uh, forever. Uh, I used to think, you know, my job was the most important thing. And, and that was because, you know, it was just me and Allison, but then mm-hmm. we're having the family. And you had kids. <laughs> yeah. And you were like, each, oh, shoot. Each <laughs> one of those three little rocks have <laughs> changed in priority and Yeah, size, your family rock got and massive. Family rocks got louder. And <laughs> <laughs> so it's something that, yeah, that, that changed for me. And so as much as, you know, granted, I did take on the, you know, the John Chi show during this whole, you know, period of not only COVID, but of, of, uh, raising a family, but it is important to me. And so it remains one of those rocks that I want to keep in my jar. So, mm-hmm. um, but yes, you have to make room for, for the other ones. So make a, make a chart, make a list of things, that are, <laughs> you know, your, your biggest priorities and, yeah. and, uh, put the other ones, to the alternate, you know, to do later. Yeah. Category. Well, I guess it's just like, it's really, and not to just continue to go on this, but it's like an extension of what we talked about last week from about trauma. And I think it, really honestly in the middle of this conversation just realizing it's like a lot of it's due to that acceptance like Mm -hmm. piece of it and not necessarily it is abandonment but it feels like i'm doing the abandoning now like i'm leaving out and then also like i throw myself at the little things 100 percent, well one percent probably uh based on the rock metaphor um and i do that because it's like i want to make sure i'm being accepted like i'm doing things that are acceptable to the people that I'm trying to help and acceptable mm-hmm. to the people I'm doing the work with. And I just want them to know that I'm here for a good reason. But really, I want them to know that I'm here for that good reason because I want to feel good, that I want to feel the the acceptance. I want to be, I, want to, I don't know. So um, yeah, it is all, I guess, rooted, <laughs> a lot of it is rooted in that, I suppose. Mm-hmm. And yeah, but I appreciate just being able to share this on here and I don't know. This could have been an off-air conversation, but <laughs> I'm sure there's people who relate to it right now, especially in in their lives. Yeah, so I don't know. Yeah. Well, and I think it's so easy to compare. You know, again, thinking about our listeners and thinking about all the mm-hmm. stuff that, especially people who not only listen to our show but who follow you, Patrick, online and and see people, you know, doing all the things, whether it's uh, you yeah. or Stephanie Dranka or Glenn or you know whatever, using their skills and their platforms, Katie. Um, to create content, to raise awareness, to fight for change, to do all of these things, do this, that, and the other. You're like, oh, well, should I, is that a thing? You know what I mean? Like, yeah. like our identities are personal, but they're not private. Like if they're, if right. this is a thing that I hear in this podcast, I listen to, like, if you are the only one in the whole world who cares, who carries an identity, no one cares. But the reality of identity is it's shared across like, people like there i don't know that any of us is necessarily a unicorn and even though it feels like it i think the world is too big for us to really be a unicorn you know like that any of our intersectional identities i think maybe the unique intersection gets you closer to unicorn status but like intersectional identities are still like multiple identities that we hold and that we share right right and so when we think about what it means to be adopted this identity that we all share we're like well 
does it mean, does being adopted and coming out of the fog, like this level of identity, like, does that mean that I have to do X, Y, Z kind of work? Does that mean that I need to be thinking about ABC kind of thoughts and, you know, all those things? And so I think that there is like on the flip side of what you're feeling, Patrick, is the thing that maybe Nathan and I feel where it's like, should, should we be doing more? Do we have like, do we feel the weight of responsibility to put more energy, but also like we can't, but also should we? And you know what I mean? Like, and I think there's a lot of questioning and doubt and early or like wrestling that, uh, maybe we just be more okay with the cognitive dissonance of it. But you're like, I don't know how to, how to deal with this, you know, and find balance in this. Uh, and I think that that's why it's worth it having this conversation on air because there's always two sides of a coin and there's also multiple coins that we have, you know? And, and so just, being able to think about those things is it's crucial and this whole conversation just reminds me of a tolkien quote that is my absolute favorite all we have to do is decide what to do with the time that we're given so however much time we have the only thing we need to do is decide what to do with it and that deciding is very hard and that decisions can change but i think the moment that we decide allows us some clarity for the future for the foreseeable future of like you know if you're like, all right, I'm I'm going to take the ring to Mordor, then you're like, okay, then my path is laid out for me. And however long it takes, that's the thing that I'm going to do. But if Frodo and Bilbo and the Fellowship, whatever, sat there and were like, I, I don't know, I have this ring, but like, do, do I do anything? Do I hide it? Do I like, that's just anxiety. You know, that's anxiety on anxiety on anxiety. But the moment that you decide is the moment that you can like, you can start moving forward. But I think sitting and spinning and spiraling is really harmful and it's really hard. So you got to move forward. And if moving forward takes you out of Hobbiton and towards a giant fiery volcano and thousands of orcs, then that's, that's a thing, but you made that decision, you know, so own it and be proud. And that's Lord of the Rings Nerd Talk by The John Chi Show. Um, that's Lord of one the of the greatest mythologies of our time. Did you Talk. see that there's another one coming out? Yeah, I did. <laughs> did you see the trailer for that? Yeah, I did. Yeah. It was pretty amazing. Super Bowl. Super Bowl. Yeah, I think, well, I think that's, I think it is difficult. And I think simultaneously it is very easy to sit in the spiral and be self-harming in that way. Uh, because I think. That's where I don't thrive, but that's where I've kind of lived for a long time is in the spiral. And I definitely always give people the advice, like, you got to make the decision. And for some reason, I can't make the decision myself. So I think that's that's just a thing that happens. I mean, that's really common. I yeah. make websites for people, <laughs> but like yeah. making a website for myself, I'm like, is this right. good? <laughs> Can <laughs> I do this? We are our own worst critics. We are yeah. our own worst sometimes advocates. Like, yeah, I mean... I, I don't know how many times Allison's yelled at me because she's like, why don't you take f- professional photos of your kids instead of just, you know, <laughs> iPhone photos? You're a photographer. Your it's, iPhone photos are your kids like, are pretty good. Allison, so. the, best, <laughs> you know. the best camera is the one you have with you. Ah, and I you always go. have an iPhone with you. <laughs> well, I, again, appreciate being able to sit and talk about this with you, with you guys, because I don't know, like we've just, we, yeah, I feel... Yeah, I don't know. Well, I we appreciate good. the fact that you <laughs> can open good that up I can, to us. I can talk to you both about stuff like this and to you our audience for us. listening and giving the space to do so. Talk to us anytime. Yeah. <laughs> you really knocked it out of the park. <laughs> oh you and your sound If those sound effects don't go in there, then I'm assuming <laughs> this has got cut out. So. <laughs>
All right. Well, that's what I wanted to talk about today. And I feel, I do feel a little bit better uh, having shared that and hearing what you both had to say. I appreciate that. Well, sounds like you have a lot of self work to do. So uh, we're going to take a break (laughs) and then let you go do that self work. And when we come back, we are coming back with a food, maybe? I don't know. We didn't talk about it. We'll talk about it during the break. Okay, great. Bye. Welcome back to the John Cheese Show. We are here with a food item, as we promised. Or as KJ promised. Um, uh, as KJ questioned. Questioned. It was definitely <laughs> a question. Yeah, I was like, are we doing a food? I don't know. Why not? We got plenty. We got we got some stuff. I got. I, I have another we got box, a bunch actually, more in this send. box. Yeah, yeah, I have another box to even send you, courtesy of Tia Stark, as we, we recall. So, But this one is uh, Yes Chips, and I have heard of these from somebody and i can't remember sorry to whoever told me about these but somebody told me about these things you should try yes chips on the show i do remember somebody saying or and that was a one-on-one conversation with you yeah it was like oh, a one-on-one okay. so for some but, reason i feel like i have heard someone on the show mention or ask if we've had these could have yeah not. somebody else could have mentioned it I, I think they've been around they're usually hard to find uh and as you can see um for the uh the the listeners here this is a very large bag this is like a full size or maybe a three-four size bag there's no mini mini bags that i could send these guys so you guys get a giant bag 3.35 ounces of yes chips whoop whoop and there's um, lots of flavors this is the one that someone recommended too garlic shrimp so yeah this uh packaging is amazing i love uh, the packaging shrimp yeah. holding a garlic bulb. Well, swing <laughs> a bandit shrimp. Oh, it's a bandit yeah. shrimp. Yeah, with hearts in its eyes because it loves <laughs> swinging the away so back to his ship. Yeah. Um, the Korean on the top right just says yes, sir, chip, sir. which <laughs> yeah. also the the conglish of like some like in the snack aisle at Zion Market, it just says snick in uh, <laughs> wow in the hangul, and it's just like so funny to me. Like snick is probably my favorite Korean conglish word. I like, it. <laughs> like snick. Oh, and I should probably pronounce this correctly too. It's not yes chips. It's yes chips. There's yeah, two it's... exclamation points. Yes, uh, chips. Uh. Well, so. see, that's what is I find hilarious is the um, punctuation on <laughs> this bag. So on the back, on the back of it, on the bottom left, it's got, a little, <laughs> it's got two check marks, and the first one says garlic meat shrimp. Period. Say yes exclamation. To yes, exclamation chips, period. <laughs> Garlic shrimp chips, period. Like, <laughs> I like that I th- I find the uses of the periods and the exclamations <laughs> and that grouping of words to be quite hilarious. Yeah. It does contain shrimp, egg, and milk. So for anybody looking to try these, they do have lots of flavors. I have saw uh, there's a banana corn, there's a regular shrimp, there's a roast potato, there's a butter... Uh, there's a corn, sweet potato. So, yeah, there's a lot of different flavors. If anyone's looking for these at the store, you can have a variety of yes. How do you want for this? It's a tear at the corner kind of business. Oh. I just assume that all Korean products are tear at the corner type products. So for the first glance, I should have looked at the bottom of the package. They are chips. They're not like uh, shrimp chips, which are, you know, round little tubes. These are like flat potato chips. So, But they're like really small. Well, okay. Texture immediately strikes me like Funyuns, but less yeah. Uh, yeah. less crispy. It's very yeah, it's definitely di- immediate dissolving in your mouth. Yeah, it's like pork rinds. 
High protein shrimp added too on the back of this box. Hmm. High protein? Did you say high protein? That's what it says on the bottom. Oh, less than uh, one gram level. per serving? And then no. it says high protein shrimp added too. <laughs> and then sure. it says, yeah, less than one gram. You got to eat a lot of this to get one gram of protein. <laughs> yeah, but it's also got nine grams of fats and 18 carbs. So not great macros for all you macro counters out there. Yeah. Sarah does not want these. Sarah's like, these are not going to fit ever. <laughs> Maybe she's in a surplus and she's trying to make those gains, but. Well, I'm surprised about the airy texture. I did, I did not expect that. I like them. I think these yeah. taste good. I can eat all these. I'm not going to, but. Hmm. It's always a surprise when we open a new snack like this. You never know what you're going to get. I feel like the garlic flavor is really subtle. Yes, I like that I just it's ate not overpowering. Three, yeah, really quickly. And I was like, oh, there's some garlic. I think both the shrimp and the garlic are pretty subtle. Yeah. It's, really, it's a mild chip for sure. It's a well-balanced snack uh, that already has a five-star rating on it from <laughs> Osung, yep. five-star from Korea. So I think Osung is, is the, literally five-star because oh. O, o is five. And so Sung is probably Korean for... I figured that that was the manufacturer. Yeah, I was thinking that too, but... That makes uh, sense, though. Distributed from the Grand Supercenter. Well, yeah, not bad. Yeah, whatever, whatever. I'm there. Yeah, so I just think it is uh, quite... It is quite an assumption. I don't know how to say that differently. To just name your brand Five Star, but I'm kind of here for it, you know? (laughs) I get it. They did. All right. What do you think, Nathan? Well, I I'm liking them. It's it's a subtle taste. It's not like an overpowering like I thought it might have been. Just because garlic is overpowering and shrimp is overpowering, you have the two together in a chip. I would expect it to be a little more overpowering, but it's not. It's very pleasant. I like it. So I'm going to give it four out of five stars. Four Sorry, out five of five. Stars. What would bring it up one more star for you? <laughs> I don't know. Maybe I have to try the other ones. This specific flavor i'm giving mm. four out of five. Oh, i like it so uh i think the texture is almost too light because i'm used to chips being like heartier yeah this is very airy like uh, like um you know like like you said like the funyun puffy chip kind of thing so i don't know if i necessarily like that texture i think i want my chips to be more chippy okay more potato chippy even though i know not all chips are potatoes <laughs> Not this, all chips are potatoes. This is actually technically the first ingredient is shrimp cracker. So it's they don't even say, you know, no potato in it. It's all just cracker. I like it. Four out of five from Nathan. What about you, yeah. KJ? Um, oh, now that I've – I so I just ate one, and then the, the shrimp really came in strong, mm. like very delayed in the aftertaste. Um, I'm going to give this four and a half stars. I think it's really good. And I think the only thing that knocks it down is that like very shrimpy aftertaste, but it's like so delayed. I think you would like eat a, eat some of this and then put it away. And then you'd be like, wait, why does my mouth taste like shrimp? Like it would have been, you know, that, that far later that you'd be like, oh, right. So I don't like the sneak attack that is very delayed uh, shrimp aftertaste. But other than that, I think it's delicious. And I'm probably going to eat a bunch of it because it's lunchtime for me. So, yeah, four and a half out of five. I'm also going to go four and a half out of five uh, mm-hmm. for the same reason. I don't think I've had the shrimp overpowering at the end, but it's definitely delayed and comes in later. And I wish it was more more blended in the front. 
but I really like these two. I am in agreement with Nathan that normally I would like a heartier chip, but I actually think it benefits this specific product to be a little bit lighter. I don't know why, but that's what I'm sticking with. That's what I said, and that's where I'm going. <laughs> um, but yeah, yes, chips. I'm going to yes. give it four, four and a half. Chips. Yes. Yes. Chips. Mm-hmm. Chips. Yes. All right. It's time to go. Chips. It's time to go. Um, uh, folks, yes. you can reach us at the John G Show Chips. Uh, on all of our social platforms. You can send us an email to John G Show, just like media.com. You can go to John G Show.com slash support if you want to help support the show, which is super important. Um, you can give us a call. Patrick has the number 972-677-8867. Nice. Um, just a, a side personal note, as someone who grew up in Texas and then spent a lot of time in the Midwest, anytime I hear a 972 area code, it just really makes me feel like home. So, Nostalgic. Yeah, I'm just like, oh, yeah, now I'm, I'm back where I belong. So thanks for feeling, thanks for helping me feel like I'm back where I belong, even though I'm the one who set up the number. <laughs> um, <laughs> what else? You can find me at KJ Rilke, wherever I want to be found on the internet. You can find me at nnowak on Instagram. And you can find me at Patrick in the World also on Instagram. Yeah, so thanks everyone for listening. Uh, it's been real. It's been fun. It's been real fun. Till next week, John Chiheyo. Hey-o. 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 Yes. Chip. <laughs> 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 <laughs>